You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. to grind the hardcore podcast i'm patrick what voice is this i'm bob and i'm tom and i would like to know what voice that is that's a cold open no that that's a local npr affiliate okay um do they even have npr in upstate new york of course we live come on car talk people live I for know, that shit I know, I know. <laughs> that's prime car entertainment i know but car talk's not albany you know what i mean did they have any albany based shows that went national you know what i mean yeah alan Shartok. he's the king oh true good job all right uh yo shout out and thank you to our sponsors close casket activities oh hell, hell yeah alan Shartok. shout out and thank you to to live a lie Wait, wait, don't tell me. Shout out and thank you. You're <laughs> so desperately missing bad American culture. Shout out and thank you to Run for Cover Records. Uh, our affiliate at Democracy Now. And shout out and thank you to Convulse Records. A Prairie Home Companion? Is that yes. One? Nailed it. <clears throat> Boom. Uh, Lake Wobegone is in the rear view because we're going to ConvulseRecords.com convulserecords.com hey uh patrick <clears throat> uh we got a little debut right now uh the track is called avenge it's the first single the track is called avenge it's the first single from sentinel's debut lp age of decay comes out december 8th on convulse records uh pre-orders are up now let's listen to that song go Hell yeah. A dude will hear that song and just go, hell yeah. 100%. Uh, Mike Shaw, wild guitar player. Love it. Um, it's stompy. It's fast enough. It's got that. Mm, it's got those solos, man. That's what I want. I just want guitars. This is guitar music for guitar men. ConvulseRecords.com. Get that pre-order now. Uh, you know it's going to go fast. Thank you, Convulse Records. We love you. Shout out. Guys, a little behind the scenes before we go to Run for Cover, runforcoverrecords.com. This is the first recording I'm doing in my own little private uh, Axe to Grind office here. Mm. Really? It's in my house. It's a uh, five and a half by five and a half 
room. It's a small, one might call it like a converted closet, but you know, like it's, it's, it's nice. It's a, a nice place to be. So that's all good. It's all superfluous information other than the fact that I walked in here and it is cold in this room. No, I don't fuck with There's that. There's no vents. I know. But here, here is where it comes in nicely. I've been doing this thing where I only open my mail every quarter. Like I'll order stuff and just let it pile up. Uh, I highly recommend it to people. Tom, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, uh, request your time at some point in the next week. And we're going to do a, uh, a Patreon only unboxing of all my stuff. Uh, do the video. It's fun. It's fun. Um, but I did have to break into it because after last week's convulse records read, I ordered not only the convulse records, dad hat, but the convulse records hoodie, which was conveniently in a bag right next to me. So threw that shit on. Yo, it's nice. It's a champion hoodie. Ooh, I'm, I'm like, oh, I very comfortable. Nice. Oh, I'm feeling good. So <clears throat> based on the success of last week's record draft, we are going to runforcoverrecords.com. We're clicking on RFC apparel and we are drafting some merch. The way this works is that only one of us can pick one item and then somebody else has to pick another. Patrick, you get the first pick of today's draft. Tom, you're next and I'll, I'll back clean up. Uh, so kick it off. Patrick, what would you like from the Run for Cover Records apparel selection? Mm. <clears throat> Let's see. Mm. Oh, I think I've been on record that the uh, their new logo is very clean. The one they've had the last mm. few years, very clean logo. Uh, looks good on the beanies, but I'm, I'm not much of a beanie fella, but I am going to uh, uh, England in, in February, so I'm getting the beanie. Mm-hmm. You're going for the beanie. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a rare one All for right. me, but I, you know. I understand. I think they need to throw that on a, a baseball cap. It would look sharp, really sharp. Tom, you are up with the second pick overall in the Run for Cover Records merch draft. What do you select? I am selecting the Run for Cover Grillo's Pickle Collabo, the Pickle Gig shirt. Ooh. Let's awesome. see. It looks like the... Like the peanuts, like mosh, you know, like oh yeah, it's a cartoon. Bunch of people moshing, pickles oh, yeah. is just jamming. Jam. I like pickles, pickles and I like run for cover. You know, so hey, I like pickles. Um, good pick. I think that's solid. I think you got some good value there. Uh, bright color shirt. It's a nice shirt that you could wear that to a family gathering. You might get some questions, but like also, it's just got a bunch of pickles on it. What do you want from me, uh, guys? I am. <clears throat> I'm in a hoodie kind of mood, hoodie kind of mood because, man, I'm wearing one feeling really nice. I am going for the Run for Cover logo hoodie in black. Uh, exactly what Patrick said, that RFC logo they've been using yeah. for the last couple of years. So smooth, so clean. I have the Puffy Ink Outline logo shirt in white, but I got to be honest, I don't own many white t-shirts. I'm a black t-shirt kind of guy at this point in my life. That black hoodie looks real good to me. So I think I'm going to opt for that and uh, call it a day. I hope you guys do too. Send us photos of you wearing Run for Cover gear. That'd be cool. I want to see it. Let's see it. Show us the gear you're rocking. Runforcoverrecords.com. Thank you, everybody. Guys, how you doing? How you feeling? Mm. What is happening? Mm. Stretching. Uh, He's stretching. This is early morning for Patrick still, remember? No, I'm. I, I, I was. I was kind of wondering how I'm doing. I think I'm. I think I'm good. I think I'm uh, mildly stressed. I got uh, a lot of stuff to do today, which is not a problem. Except, uh, Tom, I gotta watch like four YouTubes. I gotta watch four. I gotta, I gotta watch four YouTubes, maybe five YouTubes. I gotta watch a bunch of shorts. I got. I gotta. Uh, you gotta figure out who this band sounds like. I got. I gotta go on the Wikipedia for gangs in New Zealand. Um, no, you know, Tom, you might have this experience. Uh, you've got stuff to do, no problem. Okay. But then there's a meeting where you have to discuss the stuff that you got to do. So now you've got, a deadline. you've got a deadline basically because it's not a hard deadline, but you just know that, Oh, Hey, I can't put the shit off any further than that meeting. Cause we're going to discuss it in that meeting. <clears throat> and yes. that's how I'm feeling today. I'm feeling, Hey, I got to discuss oh. shit in the meeting. Don't love it. Mm. Well, uh, sounds like a job. It's a job. You might some might consider it a job. 
Got it. We got old Job out here with the job. Woe is Patrick. A bunch of pale Patrick over here. Yeah, grapes of wrath, man. Go go get yourself <laughs> on the uh, That's right. dust bowl. Here we go. That's right. Tom, how you doing? How you feel? Yes. Tom, how you doing? I'm having meetings. I'm good. I'm having meetings. Guys, I had a virtual meeting this week, uh, this morning, uh, with, with a rather lively uh, 8 a.m. group chat this morning. Um, <clears throat> Patrick, you're part Greek, right? Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, so we can talk about this without potentially offending anybody. Uh, we love our Greek friends. And is that friends. how that works? I, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm covered. You just have to have somebody who's got a little bit, and you can be, then everyone else yeah, yeah, in that clear. crew can be like, here's another thing. Yeah, we're clear. We're That's clear. how it works. Uh, I got my, my brother-in-law is Greek, uh, so my nieces and nephews are Greek, and uh, oh, yeah, sorry, I, love, I love Greeks. Chain Cult, oh, what a band. Um, it was posed in the chat. <clears throat> <clears throat> You're familiar with Jesse Katsopoulos, Uncle Jesse from Full House? I do. John Stamos. Yeah, yeah Mr. Stamos. Uh, and you're familiar with Balky Bartokamos? Of course. That that one's, that one's probably lost on a lot of our listeners, but yes. Yeah, they can Don't find it on the island, island, island of Mepos. Um, this was a fantastic question. Who would you rather hang out with for a weekend? Um, uh, currently Balky, uh, single, uh, Patrick, probably, probably, uh, good, good looking ass Stamos. We're getting, we're getting into all the spots. You're getting in Tom. What's your answer? I mean, I'm going Stamos. Cause like, yeah, like you get in all the spots. There's only so much, you know, he can only have so many fun times and yeah, I'm like the look- turtle in the, you know, like in, if this is entourage, I'm getting like, not to sound gross you're winging yeah you oh yeah well let me let me just put it like this single or not we all kind of like balky in our heads right but he's a lot balky fucking sucks balky sucks yeah like he's in jesse plays drums we could maybe jam (laughs) yeah like well well in the pullback to the comment i made in the chat is that you know we are all friends with uncle jesse how many of you how many of your friends are in their 30s living in a house in a city they can't really afford with a bunch of friends who are also involved in guitar music. We all have a bunch of Uncle Jesse friends. Very true. Balky, Maybe that's a new term. Balky with his dumb question. Come on, what are we talking about, Balky? I know it seems fun that Balky's going to be your friend, but anyways, um, we lost Patrick. I think he is currently looking for Balky Bartokamus's internet connection. Because his yeah, I think he's got he's he's in Mepos now. I know, yo. And so, he's not, so, not working in Mepos. Oh God, what would you give Tom for Patrick's internet connection to be slightly better, at least so we can get Transformers Patrick back? Starscream that would be pretty fun. Oh. That would be pretty fun. God, um, anybody who but, hasn't heard that, I think that's actually I think the the best of those episodes is on our Patreon. It's where Patrick's voice and everybody who's done any sort of a Zoom call or online call, even like some bad phone calls at this point, you get the digitized like. (laughs) Yes. And Patrick. Turned into a Deftone song. It was weird. Oh, God. And he was full on uh, Megatron on a couple of them. And uh, (laughs) and we're all laughing. So um, go to patreon.com slash podcast. Um, support us there uh, just a couple bucks to get in um, and it really helps Uh, we have a lot of people who listen and support totally appreciate it you are truly the wind beneath our wings if uh, and there's I think about a hundred episodes on there lots of really good stuff and we need that support to be very honest it's uh, we don't do a ton of ads you hear us do the ad reads it's labels we support um it's it's nice they are partners but that's not what makes it so we can all put aside a pretty decent amount of time every week to do this stuff so anyways thank you we appreciate you we love you patrick's internet connection is still out jeez what do you think about the in-season tournament bob uh so far i've enjoyed it i um i had the same skepticism that i think there were a lot of people who had um, some of the courts are whack. True. Like maybe 50%, maybe 70%. But they well, got to find them, right? That's right. Uh-oh. Um, oh, no. 
Oh no! A storm yesterday has Perth Wi-Fi all. You fellows might have to go do it. Oh no! Oh no! All right. Well, we can talk basketball for one second. Um, but I think that actually players are kind of playing hard for it. I think they want it. I think it's slightly now. There's money involved, right? Five hundred k. So for the big names, it's not much. But for like a solid number nine out of ten on the guy, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's. I mean, basically from the bench on that's not um that's, uh, not, that's not insignificant and it's i mean it's games they would have played anyway there are no additional games correct no exactly there's there's gonna be one additional game which is the championship game of the whole thing and that's it so and when's that uh december 9th i believe oh soon oh, okay yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah it's like a it's only like a five week thing so it's pretty condensed you play five turn five round games on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Tuesdays and Fridays, rather, and uh, you know this, then it's just right in. So it's kind of a sprint to it. So I'm in. I think it's fun. I think it's a creative, cool way to do it. And you know, it sort of makes me think. Like, well, what do you think of it first? I mean, I didn't. You know what? Like, I I had heard about it, and then I was like, oh wait a minute. I I didn't think it was gonna number one. I didn't think it was happening so early. Hmm. And then I couldn't really find, like, I wanted to see, like, does this have any impact on the postseason? Does it have, like, does it end up being a tiebreaker in any way? Like, I didn't know what it was kind of doing. And then I was like, oh, it's part of, um, it's part of the regular season. So I, I didn't, I, mm. I was assuming it was going to be like, um, like the World Baseball Classic. Oh, like a separate kind of standalone. Yeah, where yeah. stuff just stops while they do this. But I'm like, it oh, no, it's just like, kind of, yeah. Yeah, they like seeded the teams in a certain way and mixed it up a little bit. Yep. And then I think this is their way of forcing people to not do the the rest game, you know, taking Yeah, and and like honestly that. to push the early season to make it so it's like um make it so it's more relevant. Um and and like Which I think feels it makes sense. something I mean, you know. 100% early part of the season. Well, this is the other question and then we can tie this to hardcore. This is an innovation. Um this is something new and different to a sport that like, yo, a lot of people would say ain't broke. Don't fix it. You know, do you think that's the right energy to have towards hardcore where it's like, Hey, thing ain't broke. Don't fix it. Thing ain't broke, but innovation, new ideas, new stuff doesn't hurt either. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I tend to think like the innovation's cool just because yeah. I mean, otherwise, like hardcore that everything sounded like nineteen eighties would be yeah. awesome. But well, I don't know. it'd probably get it'd probably get old after a while. You know what I mean? If after a while, you know, and I think limited scope. Yeah, and I think sports have done that. Like you know, it's like baseball kind of cutting things out to make the games go faster, or like starting a runner on second base in the world in the in the you know in the um, extra innings and stuff like that. It's like. Okay, you know what I mean. People are so steadfast, and I think sports fans, especially because it's like all they've known their whole life, they're less like. Yeah. I think hardcore is a little bit more like willing to be a little bit flexible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, you know what I mean. Because it's not like you're like if someone came around, like you know, like Roger Moret probably wasn't like I don't like this metalcore stuff. <laughs> no, right. You know what right, I mean? Right. Because it was like mm-hmm. it's his whole life, but it's like. It wasn't since you were four, you're used to playing baseball this way, and now all of a sudden there's like a random runner on second base who's the guy who made the last out in the last oh, inning. Oh, interesting. So that's actually a cool way to think about it is the idea of what innovation is and what can be changed versus what feels like you're taking it out of the space, right? Where Right, right. Like, yeah, you're just changing the game for the sake of just changing it. Right, which... <clears throat> So with music or art, I'm more open to those ideas, et cetera, because like literally sports are games. Games have rules. Now, that doesn't mean the rules can't be changed, broken, rewritten, et cetera. Totally can. But sometimes when you do that with a game, the game changes fundamentally in a really big way. With music, art, hardcore, punk, if you don't have those continued moments of innovation and influx of new ideas, um, you start to get 
looped in the circle in the cycle of it just being like this is the thing um tom are you familiar with the van the band greta van fleet yes so people don't like them or they, well, i mean people, they're well, huge but everybody hates them because they're essentially just doing cosplay led zeppelin, led zeppelin right right and like yo I'm a, I'm a huge led zeppelin fan really big enough so that it's like oh this band sounds like led zeppelin i should hear it so i was like all right let me listen and i'll be real some of it was like well, that's pretty good not a single note stuck to my bones and it was one of those things like if i really gave it a shot and really wanted to gung-ho it I'm sure I could find some stuff I like about it, but I listened. It was like, I'm not bothered by this, but I'm not pulled in. There's nothing on this that's pulling me in. Even as much as it's like, man, I wish Led Zeppelin wrote four more records, you know? Right, so, like I didn't get enough of what they already had. Yeah. They're, 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 <laughs> their catalog was not enough, but here's my question for you. So like, oh. if, if, um, do you think hardcore in 2023 as compared to 1980 is like the equivalent of like basketball? Like, you know, you can have a, there's a 25 point shot. Oh, um, oh, that's it's like, like, if you grabbed a fucking guy that was going to see fucking DOA yep. in 1981 and played them oh. botch or played them. Oh, drop them in the pit, tsunami drop them in the pit of a knocked loose concert. Right. Right, and they'd be like, "This is hardcore." They'd be like, "Wait, what?" Right. Um, like, I feel like baseball makes these little incremental things, or this basketballs like incremental yep. changes. They add yep. the three point line, you know, yep. all this sort of stuff. But like, this is like, it's almost changed and it's unrecon. It would be unrecognizable. Like, does this feel like jock, jam- or like rock and jock basketball with the like? But I mean, at the same just- time, it, like the guy who started basketball like by shooting in like apple co- peach boxes, ba- yeah, or whatever, peach, ba- basket, peach baskets, yeah, that's right. right. Like, you know, watching Wemby is probably like, what? Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, yeah, games yeah. used no, to be that's... 6'2", and now they're <laughs> 150 to 139, you know? Yeah, no, I, so yes and no. I mean, yes, the, if you take the fella from First Wave, whatever that, whatever concert you want to pick it, let's say 1981 hardcore show anywhere USA, and drop them at a far extreme version, you know what I mean? They right, might right, be right. really confused whatever that is you know they might they might be and that could be said not just 2023 even you know if you drop them at a <laughs> you know earth a, a, an earth crisis show in 95 a screamo show in san diego in 2001 you know what i mean right. like there's all these moments where it was like whoa this is so unrecognizable to me so yes in one way it's the 25 point shot but in another, in another, are there rooms and moments in time where you could take that person from the 1981 show and drop them at a show and they'd feel like not much has changed? And I'd say yes. And Absolutely. I'd say I have maybe more of a problem with that in the inverse. And it's not to say that I think it's all bad. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak loosely about a band who I need to, for people to know, I really enjoy and think was great live and maybe even better on recording, uh, Omdi Peterson's Army. I uh, think they were from Denmark. Um, they were fantastic. Fantastic. They did a couple seven inches, I think. Went on to do, a, a fel- folks from that band went on to do a lot of different bands, I believe some Went on to do Gorilla Angreb, some other stuff. I'm not 100% sure on the lineage from there, but uh, Omdi Peterson's Army did two seven inches, the second of which sounds so authentically like, like, oh, this is a Danish Discord Records band from 1983. Like, it just sounds like what you would wish government issue was like somewhere between right. youth brigade dc and soa and government issue is this apa seven inch <sighs> to the point that when you saw these folks at that moment in time they were so in that they really looked like cutouts from you know touch and go fanzine they just had the right. look yeah. down right. to a point that it was it felt 
you know, and like I said, I don't know these folks and I'm praising their band and I'm telling everyone in the sound of my voice to seek it out and hear it. It felt like cosplay, like the hardest version of that. Right. And that was kind of a bummer in the same way as I'm, you know, like, look, man, <laughs> the older I get, the easier it is for me to push away and say, uh, actually, when I used to perceive that I didn't like people in uniforms or costumes, uh, I just didn't, I was in, you know, a version of my own of whatever hardcore shirt and, you know, uh, my look, but, but as you get older, you realize, okay, you realize that. But at the time I remember thinking, oh man, this is such a put on and it felt really incongruous despite the fact these were the bands I loved at the time. These were the shows I was going to. I specifically went to see this band because I knew the record and loved them. I saw it right. and it put me out a bit because I felt like I was like a man out of time. <laughs> so yeah, you're watching like a tribute band. Yes. And so that's something like know, to a, a, a gross extent. Right. And we've talked about this. There's this weird push and pull of reverence to bands, sounds, etc., of the past that we all kind of connect with because it, it's funny that this topic came up because this was potentially one of my conversation pieces for tonight where we want it. And it's a great way to, it creates the culture of this whole thing. This idea of like, Hey, um, you like turnstile. Well, you should make sure you hear bad brains because you can hear a lot of that eye against eye, et cetera. Oh, uh, you know what? Singer's voice sort of sounds like the dude from Snapcase. Musically, I don't think it's close, but if you like the way this dude sounds, maybe check this thing out. Oh, one of these guys also played in this band, Trapped Under Ice. Does it sound the same? No, but it carries a lot of similar high-energy appeal that someone who listens to Turnstile now might vibe on. So it's all these threads, some that are directly sonic, some that are this dude used to be in this band. Some that are, hey, this one component sort of sounds like this. All these cool references, right? And when you lose some of that, you lose some of that breadth and depth that we have right now, right? Like Tom, like if I went back in time to 1998 and said, oh, Tom, you know what? Um, There's this band that sort of sounds like uh, Madball meets indecision with a touch of strife. You might go, uh, really? Okay. And then if I was like, oh, there's a band that sounds like to me the midway point between mouthpiece and indecision, you'd be like, oh, okay. You could start to picture that. But like, yeah, we're at a point now where those are almost just like, yeah, of course. Of course, there's a band that sounds like halfway between Madball and Indecision. You know, when I said mouthpiece and Indecision, I was like, yeah, Magnitude's kind of right there. I mean, obviously, we could go for some more new age polls, but um, I think they sound more like outspoken than mouthpiece. But, anyways, yeah, what I'm saying, you mean, very you know close, what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah, of course. We're at a point where these things like are crossbred in such a weird way that if we didn't, how much more samey would a lot of these sounds be? If we were yeah, just like, I mean, that's, oh, this is this know. is a minor threat band. This is a Youth Today band. And everything just stops right there, you know? like Or even earlier, yeah. it's just the first wave. I think that's, <clears throat> that's where we lose the spirit and energy of the idea of what hardcore should be, um, is when it's not continuing to innovate and change and evolve. And evolve and, yeah. You know, and that's not to say, like, like I don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah, you don't want to go too far afield because I feel like, not to speak for you, but I think sometimes you probably feel like it's a little pretty, it's a little far afield from like my from hardcore, definition right. of hardcore. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I think, you know, like I mean, I think that's totally fair, and I think even with me, even leaning a little bit on that like heavier part of hardcore at times, sure. I go, wow, this is this is not what <laughs> I would have thought was hard. You know what I mean? And that's I mean that's not my fucking that's neither of our place to say, but that, that's, that's right. why I think. We always talk like to me, the 90s were such an important part of like the hardcore history, like mm. because I think that's where like the innovation really kind of came into play full bore, right? For better or for worse. No, no, I'm uh, yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? Like, I think you know, 
you know, you can have opinions either way, but I think like having that was the first like real sea change in in hard, like obviously the OGs of hardcore are like you know that's the most important, but like I feel like that was the first time that there was like a full kind of like left turn. I think that I completely agree. Here's what I think about the '90s and the way it should be kind of framed is that the very first wave of hardcore, and this is speaking anecdotally, but you can also read about it and read from yeah. these things. And I think that's if you ever want to read, like, I think the most interesting time period is in the eighties is the time between the first wave of stuff, which is you get your Boston stuff like SSD, DYS, et cetera, the exclaim records, you get the early discord stuff, minor threat, et cetera. You get the negative approach, you get the touch and go stuff, all that necros meat men. You get, you know, some of the West coast stuff, but you get this break, especially with those scenes. I just mentioned Midwest, Boston, DC, um, where those bands do the thing, do the sound that basically becomes the like, meat and potatoes of hardcore maybe write a seven inch maybe write a couple records you know almost without fail you know there's a few uh, outliers government issues one but they do the hardcore sound and then go and then what and now what do i do you know whether it's ssd going kind of hair metal whether it's negative approach folks going laughing hyenas minor threat even from the seven inch to out of step, you hear the evolution, but then those folks going in all different directions, including to embrace and Fugazi and whatever they go in. Now what the second generation of eighties goes, wait, 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 that stuff's neat. Whatever you're doing now, this evolution is cool, but we like that meat and potatoes. We're going to redo that. Cool. The nineties as a decade looks at hardcore, looks at punk and goes, and now what? Where do we go from here? Not to say that the original sound is toast, but we feel like it's been done. What can we do with this? Now here's our noise. What's our noise? And that's in a lot of different directions. Patrick, you're back. Yeah. In the 90s, we said our noise is poorly played metal. Let's go. Well, so so anyways, hang, hang back so you can hear us and you'll, you'll catch in. Here's my question, Tom, and this was because I, I agree. We're talking about the idea of innovation in hardcore, Patrick, and how much is good, how much is bad. Should we see, is there anything? So the NBA is doing an in-season tournament, uh, funky courts, alternative jerseys, this concept to try to push interest now and give people and players motivation to play hard beginning of the year. Um, we talked about this as an innovation in a sport that most people would say is a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. This thing ain't broke. Yeah. What was the previous innovation when you say, Bob, the three pointer? <sighs> no, 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 no. They yeah, like little tinkering. Um, I'm like rule changing. Oh, like, you know, okay. You know what? You know what? I would right. say, yeah. And hand check. I'd say the actual one is when they officially were like, Hey, we're going to let players have like, two and a half steps you know and like where you see players doing moves like the james harden step back and like the sidestep things where it's like if you're looking at that from 1980 you're looking and going he just took three steps what's he doing you know um, right well like gianna by, takes off from like the fucking foul and he runs three times like yeah he takes full, exactly full they give fucking, they, yeah, yeah they, they allow basically three steps and you know that means that means he slip one but back. that's not like on the books no, no, no. But the three is. That's like the, you can the, do three, the, you know? the rest looking the other way. Yes. Um, but so anyways, the, the idea of what yeah. what point innovation is good in the sport versus the idea of like how much innovation is good in hardcore and what have you. Um, and where does it cross your own personal thresholds? Tom, one point I thought, and I, I think this is interesting, and Patrick, you chime in too. I love a lot of alternative music from the 90s. Uh, it was I'd a great decade for music. Period. Yeah, great decade for music. Like the alt rock, a lot of that stuff. I never would have imagined what a huge impact it would have on hardcore. And it has a huge impact on hardcore right now. Like in 2023, um, I actually, spoiler, I, one of my questions for the evening was going to be what is the influence box on hardcore 2023? 
and I'll unpack that more either later or as we go through things today. Um, but like alternative rock of the nineties, which can be the breath from like grunge <laughs> industrial, um, Right, you'll be quicksand to gin blossoms. Post-hardcore. Yeah, yeah, and And yeah. things, you know, uh, the, not quite to new metal because I think that's a separate interest, like influence group, which is also huge. But Humongous. Like, I hear certain records, you know, and it could be everything from stuff like Military Gun or Drug Church, which some of that's worn on the sleeve, Fiddlehead, to stuff like Initiate, where I'm like, oh, yeah, these are, there's a lot of like alt-rock riffing here. And uh, and it's very interesting to me as we go through and go, oh, okay, cool. Like this is sort of being pulled in, and it's not to say like it's not to say that those records aren't hardcore or hardcore adjacent because they have some alt rock riffing, but it's to say, hey, this is kind of being pulled in and woven into the fabric to the point where like, yo, if someone likes Drug Church. You kind of can't say, "Oh, should listen to them." Oh, what are the what are some bands that influence them that I should check out if I like Drug Church, Rock? If you like, Seaweed should be on that list, right? Very, very certainly. So that's kind of interesting. So that's kind of where uh, I I've been interested in where the innovations have taken hold, and um, and as we continue to go, I I think people are less ardent about you know, like the old timey rules um, of stuff, which is good and bad. But to this point, we haven't lost. Oh, that's a good question. Actually, I'll pivot to you guys. Have we lost the kernel? Has hardcore 2023 lost the kernel of the thing that makes hardcore different from other musics? (laughs) I know I threw down a big question out of nowhere. Yeah, so uh, I was dealing with uh, Australia internet uh, for a moment, so forgive me if I uh, tread familiar ground here. But uh, I'm I'm I forfeit. I give up. I'm I'm not. I was never a good candidate for gatekeeper anyway, because sure, I really loved a lot of the '90s stuff that a lot of the '80s guys thought was reprehensible. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not that guy. Also. It's debatable if if I played hardcore music, uh, you know, more than two albums in my life. You, you know, I mean, s- 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 some would say that I my output is just not far removed. Um, so I'm not gatekeeper guy, but I I've completely given up on even trying to uh, monitor <laughs> you know, the changes because uh, right, uh, you know, I. Uh, I'm also very difficult to please when the demo core stuff that, uh, feels, uh, like genre, uh, exercise, uh, comes out, Mm. I'm very dismissive. And then when something is too, maybe we could say too, too, too innovative. Um, I am, uh, I I say, come on, man. You know I mean? You could have just done this on alternative (laughs) rock radio. You know, I mean, you don't you don't got to be playing my VFW with this. So mm. uh, there's, you know, my VFW. I own one. Um, so you are a veteran of farm. I'm a veteran of a thousand. Thank you for your service, Patrick. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, you know, look, it, it's a, uh, it, it it's, you know, it, it, there there comes a point probably in every listener's life where they're no longer the guy if they ever were. And I'm no longer the guy that's able to, so, so you know, the young people get to decide the direction of the thing. Uh, oh, you had a point. Oh, let me get, let's get Tom in here. Cause, cause we'll pull, pull some of your stuff apart. But, but I agree with most of what you said, other than the part about you stealing valor, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I just want that blooming <laughs> onion. I know. <laughs> Where's my discount? Let's go. Uh, Tom, what about you? Uh, have we? Has it lost the kernel? The nut? The, the little thing? Or no? Sonically or philosophically? <sighs> Ooh, take me Sonically, with you, take I'd me. say no. Okay. 
Yeah. Philosophically, quite possibly. You have the conversation. Yeah. I mean, not not for, not across the board. But some, yeah. So some, here's my here's one weird, very like tangible, duh question. When's the last time you went to a hardcore show, um, and saw a band cover a classic hardcore song? Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's happened. I just can't think of one off the top. I know, I know. And it's tough. It's tough because also it might just wash over. Cut down did Chromags over the weekend. I know that much. Hell yeah, cut down. Shout out. Um, <sighs> Patrick, how about you? Do you remember it? No. Ask the question again. I'm getting uh, – this is a very frustrating no podcast on my end. I'm, I'm getting uh, Wi-Fi problems plus uh, emergency phone calls. This is uh, – I'm uh, I'm sieged today, yeah, gentlemen. Uh, okay. Well, if you need to bounce, you let us know. But uh, uh, stick with us for – let's try to make it 22 minutes. <laughs> what, was, what was the Spot, question? Spotify overlords. The question is, um, when is the last time you remember being at a show and seeing a – band cover song specifically a classic hardcore song um oh i in jakarta the other day glue so about as classic as it gets oh that's right there you go who covered it uh zip zip shout out zip everybody check out zip you you gotta hear it here's the thing this was a weird marker for better or worse because i mean if we were doing this podcast in 1998 we might be sitting on the f- line going on our, our party line in the 1990s going, Hey, enough of the covers bands are doing too many covers. We just want to hear your originals. It was just a thing that bands did more frequently, big bands, little bands. You had a cover in your set. Maybe you didn't play it every time but you played a lot. Oh yeah. Why it became that to me was a tokenized like oral history. Nice well, well, yeah, sure, hundred percent. But, but even more so, it's a oral tradition. It's a hey, here's how we pass along these musics. Sure, you know what I mean. How many times, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, but again, many episodes are people's first episodes. Hearing Redemption Eighty Seven covering the antidote, hearing Band X cover classic band from their area was the way you got exposed to that existing in your world. Um. As we can, as as I hope anyone listening to this, the moment when you're in hardcore, into the music, and going to shows like it's your life, like like you need it just as much as you need air and water, is to go to that show down the street. Okay. You seeing those things kind of were part of these traditions. So, my answer is sonically, I don't think it's gone. Uh, philosophically. It is very different, but not in the ways that I think we'll sometimes talk about the business side, this, that, the other. That stuff's just kind of more in front right now in this moment. Hello, here we are. I think about some of these little things that get lost. These are the minutiae things, the referential things. And some of that, I don't think the zines, doing a zine, doing like these ways people could be involved. Some of that's just the march of time. Some of that is that doing a minor threat cover, yo, still super, still, still, it's still real to me, you know? But someone might hear that now and go, yeah, that's my dad's music. You know, that's, that's (laughs) 40 years ago. Um, And, you know, the last thing I checked is uh, Father Time's Undefeated, and we can't even argue that that's 40 years ago. So it just kind of is something that bubbles in my mind and something that we talk about in the dorm room way that we get into on here is that uh, innovation's great, 
Change is great. If you're not happy with it, guess what? There's still tons of bands doing the classic thing the classic way. That said, if it wasn't for new sounds, I think hardcore would have been uh, sealed in a dusty box many d- dusty box many 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 years ago. So uh, shout out to everybody doing new things and pushing in different directions, including Drug Church. You know, shout out to them, Patrick. You're excited. You want you had some big news about Drug Church. Oh, that's right. His internet connection's gone. Um, Tom, <laughs> I was like, wow, he's being quiet. I know he's just hum- it never humbling. happens. Um, it's like when the kids are out of the house and you'd be like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it makes the uh, the the car. That's got good from- stuff coming up. Stuff that no, I'm just don't, I don't know some, about. I just made that shit up. No, I'm just saying that. I'm saying that shit. I mean, he's going um, on tour with Alkaline Trio. Okay, here's here's the question for you, since he's off the line. Is it out of pocket for him to stand for Alkaline Trio and Disblink 182? No, I, I mean, I think that makes sense. I know it does. It's it's a uh, though I'm him, a little confused yeah. for him. He's being nice. I mean, I think you can like both bands. You can hate both bands. You can hate one and not the. But for him, I think it's Correct. just more of a pose than an actual opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because he'll be like, "Yeah, Blink White Two's got some like cute songs," and it's like, you know, <laughs> I think Blink White or like, you know, I think Alkaline Trio has. You're a fan. A pretty Full perfect. On. Yeah. Oh yeah, super fan. Um, But I think you know. I also like given my druthers, man. Like, if someone goes, "Hey, man, you want to go see Blink One Eighty Two next week?" I'd go, "Fuck yeah, I want to see Blink One Eighty Two next week." Like, they got enough songs that I would enjoy a full set of Blink One Eighty Two songs. You know what I mean? Like, one hundred percent. That's true. You know, so it's like they're. I mean, they're a fucking great band. Alkaline Trio is just Pat being like, you know, I like I like the demo. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think that fucking dork is listening to Alkaline Trio either, which he should because they're That's fucking true. fantastic. But um, so I was actually going to on this episode before before a uh, what did he say? What did he blame this on? A windstorm? There was a storm that took a out storm. Perth's internet. I, we need some details on the storm from Perth. I know. I'm trying to look uh, up Perth weather. I know it's just 77 degrees. It really looks. Uh, Here comes the winter. Patrick's just. Or no, it's it's heading towards summer for it's them. Summer. Uh, um, so I was going to pitch, and I'll I'll do it again next week, maybe. But I was going to pitch. Do we? Can I interrupt you for one second? Yeah, go ahead. For Perth, Western Australia, expect 25 degrees Celsius daytime maximum temperatures in the shade, with an on average 10 hours of sunshine per day. I would like to know what happened yesterday that fucked up. Would it get too nice out? Yeah, it's, a, it's just those sun rays. It's just oh, all the, the cable people like took off overheating. The day. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, I know there's it's a problem. But like, we're not working because it's beautiful out. Storm I'm on Smoko in Perth. I'm on Smoko. Um, all right, hold on. Here we go. Hold on. I'm I'm doing some old school severe weather. Is Perth expecting a storm? Uh, nope, partly cloudy. No, you're you're dead right there. Let's see news. This will be he probably like cursed some kid out of Fortnite, and that's why the internet yeah, shut off. Yeah, he's in trouble. Yeah, yeah. He he got on. He's well, the the which finally after him. Uh, Emmy is finally getting him. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I think it's okay. All nonsense. Okay, all right. No, that's that's a long time ago. No, he's lying. He'd be lying. No, all let's right, say so, so it's September. Yeah, that's the same thing. Um, I was going to pose: Do we want to do one big topic or a bunch of little? A bunch of little topics. I think we're going to do today. We actually hinted at what my big topic was anyways uh but we're gonna do a bunch of little because i have some questions for you many of which you will really be good at answering uh are you ready well it's, yeah i'm ready this is pressure usually pat talks a lot and then i go yes <laughs> no i think you're actually I'm, I'm happy for this i'm ready let's start it off here because um on a recent episode uh, somehow the misfits came up maybe it was patreon maybe it was mainline yes. i think it might have uh, whatever uh, and Patrick called the Misfits just a rock band. I, I bit my tongue pretty same. hard because I just, I'm not going to, you know, I, I want to let him get his thing out. And I don't want to have the same argument about it. And like, that's um, Pat's thing. He says dumb shit. And then, 
we let it slide. But they're obviously a punk band. Obviously, Earth AD is a hardcore record. So that was that was the question I was going to pose to you, which I literally wrote out. Tom, oh, I'm has sorry. Patrick, has Patrick heard Misfits Earth AD? Definitely not. Right. Yeah. So he has no idea. Uh, Maybe. Uh, let's see. What's I think did Earth Crisis? Somebody covered. Let me look at the the track. Oh, Earth Crisis uh, definitely does a Misfits cover somewhere. Did they do Death Come? I'm trying to think. Well, he would know Die, Die, My Darling, but I'm trying. Did they I'm cover another one? Here's my because, question. Because oh, All does All Hell Breaks Loose, but that's not on there. And then I forget what Earth Crisis song, what Earth Crisis cover, what they cover. On the, on the yeah, Violent, violent World. Yeah. Um, so here's my thought. Would he, if he, so I, I, let me do this. I'm going to play the Patrick. Oh, they do AD. They do AD. Yeah. There you go. I'm going to play the Patrick Contrarian role. Roll. Um, oh, have I heard Earth ID? You mean what, the record where they fail and poorly try to be a thrash band? Yeah, I heard it. It's crap. Wow, Not a punk band. I know, right? Sounds pretty, pretty Patrick. Pretty, pretty good. Um, was, I like was Earth like ID. I like Earth ID, but I don't love it. Like I'm, I'm a Walk Among Us guy. Like it's just. And I like the singles. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I mean, I get it, but they're a fucking punk band. I mean, they're a punk band. What are we talking about? Um, do you think a 2024 Fugazi LP would be good? What would it be like? Um, I think it would be good because I think it would, they're excellent at topical like lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, Brendan Canty and Joe Lally. Uh-huh. Yep. Continued to play in the Mesthetics the whole time. Yep. So they're still the 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 rhythm section's still killing it. You know, Gee is very you know busy at the Wizards games. <laughs> yep. But I think he could <laughs> take some time off. I think that's a band that could age gracefully enough, and they were aging gracefully through instrument and and um and hits and all that sort of stuff that i think yep. it would be softer mm-hmm. yeah, but i, I think, think so. it would nonetheless would be great well i think they would only look um they wouldn't do it uh probably full stop but if they were to um what i think it would sound like i think they would it would be softer just because of where all those folks are at musically and if you listen to their right he's not yelling like he did yeah no, but I think they would feel an obligation to what the spirit of the band was to be more aggressive than some of their more recent projects. You know what I mean? That I could see. It wouldn't be like the evens or or mesthetics. Or, yeah, it would definitely no. be the punkier version of those things, but I don't think – yeah. Yeah, they're not – there's no – You're not getting not, repeater out of them in 2024. No, no, no. I, I mean like this is the big credit. It might be jamming like, you know. Oh, it's <sighs> – I still need to check out, um, geez, uh, the new, the latest Hammered Hulls release, Alec McKay's band, who I think the early, did an EP that was fantastic. Um, we talked about it a few years ago, but it's worth repeating. The Red Hair LP, I think they might have two full lengths. The first Red Hair LP is great. Um, the fellow from Swizz, uh, Sean Brown. Sean Brown. Uh, fantastic record. And so there are, and there was, I believe, oh, there has been a recent swath of newer material by older Discord bands, none of which has been embarrassing. No, I was going to say, like, those DC folks really, like, like, aged well. Like like didn't like ignition do something? There's yep. a new screamer record, scream record. I don't know if it's record, out, but yeah. it's coming out. Yep, yep. So that's like kind none of, of it's energy. like yeah, none of it's cringy. No, no. And uh, meanwhile, think, other places fucking age like milk. <sighs> yeah, that's another episode. Um, <laughs> oh, the scream record came out last on um, this past Friday. Yeah, that's right. No, I it was really recent. I was struggling to remember if it was screamer. That's pretty funny. I knew it was, was coming. Wrong, DC special. Yep. Um, and I think they own what they are and what they aren't. You know, like these folks. None of these folks are cosplaying twenty year olds. None of them are trying no. to pretend they're 
reliving their adolescence. It's a different thing. And I think that's a note to everyone at large. Like, hey, (laughs) you can still have emotions. You should still express yourself. You should still be all in on these things. But you don't need to pretend you're a 15-year-old if you're not a 15-year-old. No. In 18 different ways. This one I'm going to lean on you really hard. Sure. Is Metalcore in a good place or a bad place right now? Oof. And if you need me to expand, I will. Um, did we get this from somebody? No, no. These are just these are just little topics that came to my brain. I mean, it's fucking. It's gotten to almost arena level levels with some of our friends. You know. Yeah, oh, like, oh, I mean, yeah, they're right there. One yeah. of the biggest, heaviest bands in the world. Like, it's fucking insane. Um, but I mean, I think the metalcore that occurred in like you know the late 90s early aughts you know i guess lowercase metalcore um sure (laughs) it sounds fucking quaint compared to what's considered metalcore in 2023 sounds like youth of today compared to fucking what's happening in 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 metal now yeah 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 to me i mean i think it's you know and that's fine that's cool because, like, like you said, things have to evolve. But, like, you know, like, you know, Hope Conspiracy was a metalcore band. Yep. And you put them now, you'd be like, this could play a fucking basement in fucking Idaho. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this is like a fucking hardcore band through and through. Like, there's no. Yeah, right. The, because because the evolution, the, yeah, the, the migration of hardcore to a more metal sound. Right. It's pushed guitarly. everything from the center. Yeah. So this is why I ask because <clears throat> actually it's been a podcast for just under six years now. And about five years ago, God damn. there there was, yeah, no, right. There was this kind of like metal core resurgence in, in a bunch of different directions, right? Like um, a bunch of different sound type things, you know, uh, what's the one label? Um, tribunal tribunal thank you um like there was some tribunal stuff there was like there was trust uh, was there's trust kill there's knock to lose there was there was like ferret there's the more screamy kind of stuff there's all this there's all these different versions of it right and some of it i think went so supernova big that that became the measuring stick it's like oh if you're not like playing thousand cap rooms every night like what are you even doing and I, for a minute there, like, this is not my world, right? So I'm pure observer. But for a minute there, like, when we were talking about this five years ago, I'm like, oh, this is interesting because it's almost as if the ecosystem of the, the more metallic, the metalcore, quote unquote, metalcore, the, the version of metalcore that pushed itself a little further away from hardcore at a point because of its success, all that, was now coming around and creating a, almost a parallel scene doing all the hardcore things, but sonically being more metal, which all of a sudden it's like, oh, well then like that makes that registers to me like, oh, okay. They're just doing that a little, you know, it's just uh same room, different sound kind of energy. And now I'm seeing less of that. And it's almost like it's all aimed at upward trajectory. Like if it's not, if it's not popping, if it's not succeeding, if it's not getting the tour support slots, I'm not hearing about it. Am I just not hearing about it? Is my big question. No, I mean I think there's a there's a newer class of like okay. metalcore bands that are that are just you know not just starting out in the last couple of years, but like that are more hardcore in probably in philosophy, sure, and in their like view, like well, and, and shout out to a band Adrian. like Year like Year of the Knife. Oh, you're gonna mention Year of the Adrian. Knife. Yeah, yeah. Right. Adrian Balmora. There's a bunch of stuff that's happening now that's really fucking cool. Yep. You know what I mean? Or like even, you know, fucking broken back. Like there's so much stuff happening that, like, you know, Knocked Loose is a fucking once in a fucking, you know, hardcore generation band. Right. And, and like, like honestly, I don't give a shit out. Like at this point, we can say that Knocked Loose is as successful, maybe more than Hatebreed. And yeah. that sounds crazy to say out loud, but just just if you're not familiar, go look up Knocked Loose 
and look at some of the rooms they're playing and not just like, oh, they're playing this big festival. Like go look and see how many people are responding and engaged with their set. It's like wild. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, and it's always hard. Like we, I always have like these conversations with buddies and it's just kind of like, you know, who's bigger fucking, you know, biohazard or turnstile like at their peaks. And I'm like, it's fucking hard to say. I, I mean, I would say probably Biohazard just because they were an arena, like playing arenas, you know, not headlining, but like, and sold like millions of records. Yeah, at a different time. No, you know, and like, of course, people though. don't sell records at that same clip right. as they do then, but still, a million is a million. Yeah, a million is a million. You know what I mean? Yo, scalable you numbers know, are like, interesting. If anybody wants to look at something, oh, God, this is amazing. No, no, no. All right. You go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I didn't. No, uh, million versus billion. Um, like this is this always blows my mind. Um, is when you talk about like what it what what is a thousand to a million or like ten thousand to a million. Ten thousand, like you need to do that a thousand times to get to a million. What? What? Yeah, it's like. Wait, um, am I wrong? It's you know you have to do ten thousand a hundred times. I'm sorry, my math is bad. Um, so you have to do yeah, that's right. So a billion is a thousand million. Ten thousand, which is a big number in hardcore and heavy music. Ten thousand is a yeah. big number. Even in the nineties, you were a band who sold ten thousand records in hardcore. You're doing really well. Doing that a hundred times over, what? That's outrageous. Right. Even in the early '90s, that's a big number. Um, so yeah, it's just scalability. Is even at the time, mm-hmm. if you, I mean, you know, the numbers probably better than anybody. But like late nine, you know, from like '95 on, yep. Like there were like a handful of records that did a hundred thousand records. Oh, like hardcore release, Han- handful. Like yes. you know what I mean? Probably like you know, scratch the surface. Probably a snapcase record. <sighs> um. I mean, it's so many fewer Poison than you well. think. Poison the Well crossed it for sure. Um, yeah. Really big records. I remember that but that was the talk that it was like yeah, the big got, the first big Snapcase record did a hundred. We're like, what the fuck? Yeah, there's some GB. Yes. Um, well, but but like you got to remember, a record like GB came out in 1989. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'd be so curious to see what they did. Like, first I would year? I would love to see the GB. Like, here's how many they sold from 89 to 94, and then from 95 to, like, I would love to see how many records GB sells. Oh, yeah. In 2023. Like, that's with, with the, with obviously, with the, <laughs> you know well, what? That's what I'm saying. Like, like yeah, along with the, you know, like, obviously, because all, like, the streams yeah. and stuff like that. But if you put those all together, like, there's very few punk bands, period, larger scale punk bands. That are as consistently successful as as Girl Biscuits. Let's play it. They go game. anywhere. Yep. They on sure any do. day. Yep. And sell out. Yeah. The room, Qu- rooms Girl are Biscuits are bigger than Quicksand. Did you ever think in your lifetime Girl Biscuits would be bigger than Quicksand? No. And no, it is. I probably didn't think about it. It, it is. It is. It is. Um, how many monthly listeners, uh, Spotify streams, do you think Girl Biscuits has? If I had to guess, uh, two twenty. Only one hundred and two, but let me scale that. Youth of today, thirty-two point eight, thirty-two, thirty-two. Wow, thousand thousand monthly listeners. How about how nice, about? But yeah, still nice. Our buddies and judge, nineteen point seven thousand monthly listeners. Well, there you go. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. so when we talk about Gorilla Biscuits, Judge, Youth of today, uniform choice. Eight point five thousand <laughs> listeners. So, when when you do that, and and you had that great quote, Quicksand, who's released material recently, tours is at oh oh my god, one hundred two point two thousand monthly listeners. Shout out so to Walter, both two hundred people, yeah, two hundred k right behind. That's amazing. Two hundred, right? Uh, not one hundred two point two. Thousand and so one hundred two thousand two hundred. Yeah, 
and 300 behind them. Yeah, yeah. Yo, how about this? And this goes to listenability, which is wild because, yo, I love me some youth today. I love me some judge. Rival schools monthly streams on Spotify, 53.7 monthly. Yeah. Wow. I mean, but, dude, I feel like that's pretty dope for a band that, like, doesn't really do that much. No, no, they don't. They don't do much. They're at the all. third. They're the third fucking arrow in his quiver. Yes, yes, and he doesn't. He doesn't pull from that one very often. <laughs> no, um, you know what I mean. Like it just, uh, you know. I mean, it, it, there's all these. You know, the numbers only go so. Far, but like, you know, fucking Drawbox twenty nine thousand. I know. I know. Um, so, anyways, I, I will say this: Metalcore. My question about it uh, to the listeners: Give us your current state of mel- Metalcore address. Where's it at? Does it does it register to you if it's too big? Is there stuff that only matters if it's big enough? Or is there a bubbling smaller scene that's just kind of finding a new place? Which I, I actually, Tom, you 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 nailed it, I think, there. Um, and I think, as we said, Hardcore's migrated itself to this place that butts up with metal quite a bit. You know, uh, I, I was listening to the Scarab EP. Um yeah. That's that's a heavy yeah, band, They're like heavy, fast, intense. It's not. It's a fucking hardcore band. It's a hardcore band. Style. Yeah, exactly. But it's got those metal yeah, tinges. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I think also the the term metalcore more than almost any like punk related term mm-hmm. has been bastardized so much. Sure, sure. That it's like you know bullshit bands, fucking full bullshit bands are out there calling themselves metalcore. That it's like you, you wouldn't fucking know a minor threat song if you fucking, but like thirty-five-year-old metalcore dudes. You know what I mean? Not, I'm not yeah, saying some twenty-two-year-old that no, doesn't no, have not, to, not the kid. No, you know what I mean? Like that becomes like a thing that it's like, oh, oh, you know, like bands that are like, I'm sure some of these kids are hardcore kids or whatever, but like, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna say names because there's probably friends and friends that I don't want to hurt anybody's yep. anybody feelings. But like, it's like there's no core. Yep, there's no core involved, and it doesn't have to sound like core. No, because I mean, if you were like, like we talk about not loose, like not loose doesn't sound like minor threat, but like those are hardcore kids and they have, you know, like they have fast parts. And so, well, and, well, and, and so, so that's, oh, so to the question of has, has it lost the kernel, um, not loose sonically, you might go, well, Hey, they have as much in common with obituary as they do minor threat. Um, sure. if not more, but, and then you go, well, what about the, way they operate their band it's like well their band is gigantic <laughs> and like has to play giant venues now like there's no option really right but they when still they started, their friends whenever they sure they no question they do they still do project bands you know what i mean they still go to shows at pizza spots you know like what are we talking about yeah. um and when they started this band they toured relentlessly for years playing little basements and wherever they could find um so credit to them even if the music's not for you like they started as a hardcore yeah, band and it. yeah held it that way um yeah i got some more but What's, it's oh. late i'm getting ready our spotify time you know i love the hour thing people people said that to me and now i'm like all right i'm gonna stick it to you um we're gonna come back with a bulky episode next week we've got some topics to discuss Tom, I'm going to give you one last teaser, and it's a question for next week. Am I answering this, or am I waiting until next no, week? No, you're thinking. You're, you're going to think about it. All right. What What do you want to see from hardcore festivals next year? Just think about it. All right. Good night, everybody.